0: To Hound's Tooth Heroes The Whoop That Ass Edition My name is Greg Dawkins I am joined as always by my friend And co-host Ellis Metz And we even have a guest this afternoon <laughs> If you're new to the program You can find us on the website at Houndstoothheroes.com Or on Facebook Or on Twitter At H Tooth Heroes
1: That is correct And I should say We would not be here Without our good sponsors And friend of the program Bill Howard Uh, You may know him better as Wild Bill of Wild Bill's Wing Sauce. Uh, Find that world-class product at WildBillSauce.com
0: and everywhere BamaWise products are sold. That is correct, and also thanks to Druid City Brewing in Tuscaloosa for always keeping us in the tastiest of suds. We've got a little bit of information about them this week. As we've mentioned earlier, Bo and Elliot have unveiled two exciting new beers, the Parkview Pilsner and the L Tractor Citra, and both are just fantastic. And we have heard to the grapevine that one of our favorite listeners, Cherokee, is bringing some ATM folks by the brewery this weekend, so you all be sure and show them a very good time. Big news, though, on the sponsor front. This weekend at the brewery, it's Bo Hicks' birthday, y'all. And true know. to form, he's I know, and true to form, he's throwing himself a party. Uh there's gonna be several bands of notes. Shauna Tucker, formerly the drive-by truckers, Doc Daly and the Magnolia Devil, and always a fan favorite, Great Peacock Great Peacock, will be in the house. And there will be, as always, delicious smoked meats. So step on by and wish Bo a happy birthday. And a reminder, when you find yourself in Tuscaloosa, Anytime, you can stop at the brewery and walk to the stadium. It's the best deal in town. Speaking of libations, Ellis Metz, what are you drinking?
1: Well, tonight I've got something I'm not exactly proud of, but I must say I am kind of enjoying, uh, with our personal traditions theme, I have in front of me a Deep Eddie's Grapefruit Vodka and Club Soda. Deep Eddie's? Do you need to get that? Do you need to get some laughter out of your system? Is that...
0: Well, no, I've just never heard of it.
1: Never? Oh, they've got a. They've is there got some something I should laugh vodkas. at? Because there's a grapefruit that I've got in. I think there's like a lemon, maybe a peach. I don't know, but it's uh, it's some craft stuff. Pretty good, actually.
0: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And yourself? Uh, as as is tradition, I am drinking the tears of the fallen. Uh, therefore, I have resorted to enjoying a delicious Jack Daniels and water. Mm, So good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But before we launch into the meat of the program, we mentioned we have a guest, and we did not lie to you. Friend of the show, David Goldstein, is with us today. Welcome, David. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? We're doing very well. What's up with you? Oh, not much. Getting ready to uh,
2: uh, get ready for a week of football. You know, we kick off early. I head up to uh, the Thursday night football game every week, so. I'm heading up to Green Bay, Wisconsin, which is close to a college town you could get in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you guys know, we have some famous Bama alumni that'll, that'll uh, be there. We've got uh, Eddie Lacy, sometimes known as Fat Eddie Lacy, although this year he's not so fat. Lesser and fat uh, we've Eddie. also got Ha Ha Clinton Dick, or as Vern Lundquist likes to call him, Clinton Dick's Ha Ha. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think we've all called him that a time or two in our lives. Uh, but right. that is yeah, correct.
2: got to give Un- Uncle Vern some flack uh, some there, right?
1: Man, after his whole Peyton Manning show, I don't want to give Uncle Vern much of anything.
2: Oh, we can go to hell. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, how,
2: how about that robe from Gary Austin? That was <laughs> oh, stupid. <laughs> I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think Greg summed it up there. Uh, Moving right along, though, because that sounds awesome, and Listener David, I am going to be in T-Town this week with good friend Listener Fred, and I've heard that you will be putting on some sort of a little kind of event down in T-Town.
2: Well, indeed we will. Um, We have something called the Nissan Heisman House. I'm sure many of the listeners and or Listener Fred have seen the Heisman House commercials. He loves them. And uh, in addition... In addition to our Heisman House commercials, we also have a traveling Heisman House that goes to 11 different college football cities, and uh, we just happen to be in Tuscaloosa this weekend, and uh, so the Heisman House will be in T-Town, and um, I can tell you a little bit about who else will be there. Would you like me to do that?
0: We got any guests? What's going on? What's happening with the Heisman House?
2: So the Heisman House will be uh, at the Walk of Champions starting at 10 a.m., or as we like to call it in T-Town, just the walk, because I assume the Champions part is, in, is implied, right? Nice. Right. So we've got at, at 11 a.m. God's time, as you guys say on the program, we've got Barrett Jones. He will be joined by Ooh. ESPN host Neil Everett. So please come by and see Barrett Jones. He has about 600 national championships to his name, I believe. Um, and then from 1230 to 2 p.m. God's time, we will have Trent Richardson on board with us. Wow. And he will also be joined by ESPN host Neil Everett. I will be there. Listener Fred may be there. Um, and Ellis Meth might be there.
0: Exactly. I was, hey, I was fortunate enough to be invited to the Heisman House uh, in Glendale for the national championship game. And I can tell you, the house lives up to its name. I uh, was fortunate enough to meet and hang out with Mark Ingram for a little bit. Got the picture and the whole thing. It's a really fun experience. I couldn't recommend it anymore if I tried.
2: Oh, and uh, by the way, I forgot to mention, in addition to our famous guest, uh, visitors can also get their picture with the Heisman Trophy and try out our Die Hard Fan app. So okay. that's what' fine. Oh, that's what the sponsor, also known as Nissan, told me to remind
0: you. All right, thank you, Dave. Yeah, I'm
1: glad you passed that on. And uh, boy, that's gonna be that's gonna be a gumpin' scene, and I for one am quite excited about it. Uh,
2: yeah, and you know, can I also mention one other thing? Uh, would you fans can also vote. This came from sponsor as well. At NissanHeismanHouse.com, you can vote for the Heisman Trophy yourself. So I. Uh, we'll be voting for Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I might have to cast a second vote for Reuben Foster because let's, nobody votes for defense.
0: And well, let's, I mean. let's, let's talk about what's really important. Can we rig the election?
2: We can. <laughs> and if you want to vote six million times for Reuben Foster, a.k.a. the Reuben Missile Crisis, then go right ahead.
0: All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, well, that's, that sounds... Like an awfully big time. Now, understand that you're also a friend of one of our more uh, spectacular segments here on the program. The hate of the week. Of the week. Of the week. Of the week. Do you have any hot oh hates to drop? Do you have any hot hates to drop on us, David? I
2: can't believe I get to give a hate of the week, <laughs> and also get the. It's not the music. What is that? Just the sound effect, or what it, do you got? Guys- it's oh. it's
1: highly advanced technology here. I, I'm not even sure the name of it, frankly.
2: Okay, well, my hate of the week has to be Auburn minus 10. Tiger minus 10 going up against Hogg. I mean, Hog has been on a tough stretch here late, uh, but you got to figure that they're going to – I think they're going to beat Auburn outright, but you got to figure they're going to lose by left. Oh,
1: man. David, we're going to hold off on our takes, but – I like your style. I'm not so sure my partner in crime here does, <laughs> but th- I think that is a great take, my friend. Well, I appreciate that.
2: Um, and, uh, can I do one last thing before I sign off? Dude, keep it coming. going let you guys get on with it. And you know what? I'm actually going to probably be edited out of the show anyway, so none of this matters. <laughs> That's true. But um, t- can I go ahead and, and let you guys know, I think you have the best nickname in the business, um, <laughs> we've got we've got Reuben Foster, aka the Reuben Missile crisis. My favorite, Nika Fitzpatrick, also known as the Falconer, ah! and uh, Greg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the sound effects. And Greg's favorite, Stardarius Stewart. I do love Stardarius. Man. I do love. Well, we'll we'll now, always accept I, compliments wherever they may come from because they are rare around here at the Houndstooth figures Global Headquarters. <laughs> Are there any other nicknames that I was missing? Because I was
2: trying to think. Does Eddie Jackson have a nickname? Is he Eddie? I never doubted him for a minute,
0: Jackson. Is that (laughs) that not official yet? Not official, but it might be coming that way. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. All right, David. Well, thank you so much. All right. I
2: appreciate it, guys. And one last thing, just a reminder. Uh, Clemson did rush the field this weekend after beating NC State in overtime. I think it's because they thought they
0: were having a pizza party on the field, but I'm not sure. I cannot confirm that. David Dabo. <laughs> oh, Dabo. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again. Have a safe flight. Thank you, gentlemen. See you, David. All right. Well, thanks for David for joining us. And but uh, go. Let's go ahead and move on to last weekend's spectacular win. Over the hated balls, 49 to forty-nine to 10. You were in Knoxville, so tell listener Fred all about the atmosphere and whatnot. I understand you were drinking random, unattended liquors in parking lots.
1: You weren't supposed to tell anybody about that, uh, but true story is true. It was actually sort of a last-minute decision to go in, hence I had left my uh, cigars at the house I was planning to watch the game from, which was a bummer, uh, and also did not bring any minis with me. Uh, but there I was standing... Directly outside of Neyland Stadium and looked down at my feet and it was a Jack Daniels mini which obviously due to my personal traditions I felt great about drinking a Tennessee product, but I gotta say uh, While I feel confident it was unopened it had been kicked and scuffed up pretty dang good uh, But nevertheless wasn't dripping or leaking yet So picked it up and it came in handy after that one singular touchdown Uh, that Jan Valls scored, which we're about to get to. But I got to say, overall, it was a good experience. I was not thrilled about sitting in a Tennessee section uh, after some questionable confrontations in Oxford and in Tennessee in previous years. Uh, But we had a a great crowd around us. Everybody was very nice. We sat around some band parents who were very complimentary. I could return the favor thanks to the circle drills, hashtag circle drills, which are the best thing in the world. That Tennessee has ever done at least right uh, but overall a good experience and that brings me to the game itself uh, right. I'll, I'll start because I mentioned that there was just one little touchdown scored by Tennessee uh, which pales in comparison to the two non-offensive touchdowns scored by Alabama which we've just got to say something about because it's yeah. become totally ridiculous
0: yeah, I mean that has to be the top storyline of the week, correct?
1: Yeah, I think it. I think it does. Ronnie Harrison, just a beautiful 58-yard touchdown return. One of those that you could definitely tell uh, was stemmed from watching film and practicing the right way, because he knew exactly what Josh Dobbs was about to do it before Josh Dobbs even knew what he was about to do. <laughs> Granted, Josh Dobbs' brain is significantly farther behind in his skull. It's a it's an odd shaped thing. I'm not sure the science right. there. Right, maybe his eyebrows would have known. Maybe the eyebrows got the message first, raised, and then by the time he actually saw our boy Ronnie coming through, it was too late. Uh, that makes 11 defensive touchdowns for the Tide now, which, as has been well covered, is more than uh, more than one SEC team on offense. Uh, we have, in fact, only allowed 10 touchdowns from opposing offenses all season. So that leads us to the beautiful stat, the most Alabama stat maybe of all time, uh, that the Tide defense itself would now be 4-3 and three based on their
0: scoring alone. That's ridiculous. And while that is getting all the publicity, uh, the rushing defense is quietly becoming, becoming a dominant force to be talked about, correct? It really is. Uh, there were a few moments in the game
1: that just stuck out to me and and the one of them who was sort of involved in multiple was our boy, Sean Dion Hamilton.
0: Open mm-hmm. tackles
1: like Ray Lewis can't make. I mean, just taking – even if he had the worst angle on a guy, he knows how to grab an ankle, grab a jersey, whatever it takes. Dude brought down uh, some Tennessee offenders. Offenders? We'll say that because uh, it's a synonym okay, for yes. criminal. Yeah, we're going to go with right. that. Uh, Multiple times when like he was the only one who could and had to make the tackle. Really beautiful open field tackling. And then, of course, Tennessee brought to the game two of the better running backs we'll see, at least in the conference, maybe in the country, in Jalen Hurd. Not not Jalen Hurds. Jalen Hurd and Alvin yeah. Kamara. Uh, a lot of people are actually saying Kamara is the better back of the two. And yet... Those two, that duo, that that vaunted duo that was supposed to take Tennessee uh, to the playoffs, 20 (laughs) yards rushing on the day, uh, an average of less than one yard per carry.
0: All right, that's fantastic. It was the best. Yeah, that said, here's something disturbing. With 319 points on the year, your Tide has scored more points than any other team in college football. Now – Years ago, Coach Saban asked, is this what we want college football to be? Is it? As a friend of the program, Charlie Pond said, I feel so new money. And I agree. I feel like I should go buy a three-series BMW and a house in Shelby County. Um, but with that said, you can't argue with success. I was listening to Pete Carroll was right podcast, part of the Houndstead Theory portfolio, and Carter described us as the new Oregon.
1: Oh my he gosh. went in-depth,
0: yeah, I know. He went in-depth talking about the inverted veer, and if play break, that is your thing, they, you can check them out over on Pete Carroll's Right Podcast because they get in-depth into that. Uh, adding fuel to the New Oregon fire, we took advantage of the ball injuries by playing hurry-up football. So all I can ask you is, are weird signs and pictures of candy corn and deputy dogs being held up? Is that next?
1: They may be. Uh, did you get a chance to check out Coach Saban's post game press conference?
0: Uh, a little bit of it, but not too much. Why? I guess now I'm,
1: it may have been his Monday practice press conference, but he sort of addressed that and and in a true Nick Saban smug kind of smirk, said, "You know, nobody really wants to wants to see it when other people are doing it, but when you're doing it, it feels pretty good." Exactly. Yeah, so I thought so too. The other great part of that press conference, and I highly recommend you and listener Fred, check it out, uh, was he went on this totally deadpan, very straight-faced spiel about how highly he holds the media's opinions in regards. He he did not crack a smile, and he just told them that they are so smart, and they know everything that they're talking about. Totally hysterical. Mm. All right. Yeah, yeah. Saban was on this week, i got to say, which gives me great confidence moving forward. But speaking of moving forward, let's talk about stopping the other team from moving forward see what I did there on okay. special teams returns. That was the one part of Saturday's game uh, where I think it was okay for Tide fans to soil themselves because I know I sure did. And, and the one part that moving forward could give us concerns Uh, the Vols had two punt returns for 60 yards three kickoff returns for 91 yards Uh, if you do the math there which I had to spend a good 20 minutes doing before the podcast that averages to 30 yards per kick return and actually one of those was brought back significantly thanks to an awesome trip by Minka
0: I think yeah
1: I'm not sure. I can't remember who laid the trip and then a uh, some sort of holding penalty on the Vols. Uh, we were playing, I'll say, I would say the best kick returner in the country. It's Evan Berry, uh, twin younger brother of one Eric Berry, who if I oh, had really? with a gun to my head to pick a favorite Vol of all time.
0: That's a good Vol. Yeah,
1: pray I never reach that situation. Evan right. Berry's probably my dude. Uh, So – or Eric Berry is probably my dude. So Evan had a good game. Didn't play a huge role in this game, Uh, but you have to think against teams like Ohio State and maybe even the pizza-loving Dabos over in Clemson. It will be a bigger issue. Uh, More important, uh, let's talk about our our Polish sausage friend and really speculate whether it's time for Putin to go ahead and stake his flag in Poland – because bad Adam Griffith is back. He had one field goal attempt that came from a Herculean effort by our offense to get the ball downfield before half. 38-yarder. Dude just missed it.
0: Exactly. Uh, the only other major story I can think of, uh, their their defensive coordinator got to talking, uh, I think, Monday at, the, at one of the quarterback clubs in Knoxville. And uh, told a story that apparently the University of Alabama holds a, has a ref of the week. Uh, I I'm mean, implying that your tide uh, somehow is uh, once again exerting its hashtag Bama privilege. But the reality is we had five penalties on the day. They had one. One penalty all day.
1: Am I, I need you to talk me through this because now, as I mentioned, sitting through a game in Oxford and in Knoxville before going to – uh, Tuscaloosa this season, there have been moments where I thought, and I don't believe it's Bama privilege, I think it's mostly bad refereeing, but there have been moments where I thought, this bad refereeing seems to have gone in our favor more than once.
0: <laughs> it has, and it always has. It but always it al- has. <laughs> yeah, it kind of always has. But at the same time, I, I like to... I- at some point you're going to chalk it up to, um, preparation. Um, you know, I can't tell you that we don't get an occasional call because we do. I'd be had my head in the sand if I were to tell you that. But at the same time, um, you know, when you look at the numbers, uh, especially this year, uh, we are getting more penalties than the opponents. So, you know, it, you know, I I think there was a time that, you know, we went, you know, I, I think like seven, eight years in a row without a holding penalty. Uh, so I think you could probably make that claim at that point in time, but I don't think it's a valid complaint now.
1: I agree, and it's especially just a ridiculous thing for an SEC defensive coordinator to come out. I, I'm not positive, so don't quote me, but I think you may be mistaken. I'm pretty sure he said this to the media. I think it was like an open statement.
0: Okay, I, I know for I know. I don't know. I know the media was present. Oh, they weren't? I don't okay. Know. Well, then I'll
1: take your word for it. But regardless, it's just, I can't imagine anyone under Saban especially, but in any self-respecting program, which Tennessee is certainly not, uh, saying something like this. I just thought it yeah. was totally Bushley.
0: Yeah, I agree. But speaking of, well, not Bushley. Bushley. No, Bushley well, okay. is fine. Okay, fine. Let's rate this game in an emoji. Go ahead, son.
1: I've gone back and forth. Uh, I thought about doing the kissy face just because there were so many beautiful performances that I would have kissed. Many things about Saturday's game. Uh, But what I've really decided on, and you gave a shout out to our friends uh, at the Pete Carroll Was Right podcast earlier. Uh, I liked, as you you put it, part of the Houndstooth Heroes portfolio. Yes. How professional are we? Uh, You know, watching the game, it was... I think pretty apparent to understand that Lane Kiffin was operating on a different level. Uh, But once I got into our boys at the, at the Pete Carroll podcast takes and they're breaking down gifts of the inverted veer and um, some of the other, I'm trying to think of various words that they've used, but I'm not as smart as they are counters and things like that. Uh, Slices. They were using all these, all this great, Terminology that I remember from my middle school football days uh, Just really felt like we Totally outsmarted the Vols And so I'm going with the nerdy glasses emoji Who's who's smiling like he knows something you don't
0: Alright, I can buy that, I can buy that I am going to go with the caution light Here's why I know, I know, I'm just throwing a a bucket of water on everything Um, Look here, I can gump with the best of them Uh, But the bottom line is this Tennessee team was without 10 starters. And while Florida holds the edge in the East right now with one loss, Tennessee only has the bottom of the barrel SEC East teams left on its schedule, Uh, while Florida still has Arkansas and LSU to go. So if Florida wins out, I will eat my hat. So if I were a wagering man, and I think we all know I am, I'd bet we're going to see this Tennessee team again again. And if anybody thinks Tennessee at full strength will be this much of a pushover, I have a bridge for sale. Uh, I really think, I, I, no, I'm not saying we're going to lose in Atlanta. I'm saying if we think we can go in and do this, we'll go lose in Atlanta. Cause you, we, this is not the Tennessee team we're going to see in December.
1: Yeah, that is a good point. And I was unfortunate enough to be in East Tennessee and listen to all their Collins and, uh, morning after shows, and in addition to quotes like, we just freaking suck, and uh, and, and many words that I will spare listener Fred to describe uh, Tennessee's horrendous offensive coordinator, DeBoard. Is that his name, DeBoard? Like okay, no. yeah. uh, I know. I, yeah. The injuries were squarely where this game uh, came down to, frankly. It wouldn't have made a 39-point difference, but... They were missing, I mean, almost their entire offensive line, pretty much everybody on defense other than Derek Barnett, who made his presence felt. So you're exactly right. Uh, That said, I loved every second of the game. And a question for you, because it seems that at least Tide Nation, but I'm also concerned particularly the players, may still be enjoying the Tennessee victory. Have you felt at all this week that we've let this linger on too much?
0: Yeah. 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 I think, I think there's been a lack of, well, that, and I think there's a lack of perspective. I'm excited about the win. I like beating Tennessee 10 in a row as much as the next man. But, uh, this, you know, this, this is the equivalent of beating South Carolina, uh, <laughs> of what, of, of the, of who they, who they brought to the field on Saturday. This was basically South Carolina that they had. And yes, we beat We beat a South Carolina team by 39 points. So I think we're, yeah, I think let's just not uh, toot our horns a little too much. And I I think that's what's happening, Uh, which does not necessarily have me entirely excited with Texas A&M coming to town in uh, a few days. Yeah,
1: agreed. And let's turn our attention to the weirdos of the week. Uh, As you mentioned, the Texas A&M Aggie Cowboys roll into T-Town with their midnight yells and their milkman cheerleaders and their their uh, low handshakes, if you follow. It is a oh. 2.30 kickoff at Bryant-Denny Stadium. ESPN's game day will be in town, and I can uh, wager money now that we will see Lee Corso with an elephant on his head. Uh, the boys in the desert have installed your Tide as a 17 17- Point favorite. Let me just remind you that this is a number one team in the country versus a number six team in the country. Seventeen point favorite. Uh, we will and get.
0: Go and ahead. I can. I can actually uh, add some hot news to that uh, seventeen point favorite situation. The number has moved to nineteen.
1: Nineteen.
0: Yeah, I've even heard it's, I've even heard tales that it's going to go to twenty and a half. So, uh, people are just losing their damn minds about the tide. Uh, But speaking of the tide, I guess, uh, speaking of this weekend, what should we look for? That's good, Alabama. That's
1: the stuff we bring listeners. If you're feeling froggy, get on that 17. Uh,
0: Exactly. If you can still find it at 17, jump. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, yeah. what should we expect? What should we look for when Alabama has the ball, Alice?
1: When Alabama has the ball, and I'm just going to make my first statement less of a, uh, a, a prediction and fact more than just a wish. But I think the past couple of weekends, Jalen Arm, Jalen Hurts's arm has proven to just be a total wet noodle. Uh, that has to that has to stop. Uh, if he can make his throws, Coach Saban has pointed out again in aforementioned press conferences that this week they're going to work on him connecting with receivers, making the throws when he absolutely needs to. Uh, I think it's safe to look for a blowout, and Vegas is probably underestimating the margin of victory. a uh, and just cannot defend the pass. They're coming in at 14th in the damn conference. Uh, for a while, i had forgotten we had 14 teams in the conference, but yes, out of 14, uh, they are allowing 278 yards of passing per game. Uh, but again, that only factors into it if Jalen Hurts avoids the freshman mistakes Surely he learned a lesson or two in Knoxville, uh, but we need to see a better game from him and getting rid of the ball at a better pace. Uh, On the Aggie defense, we'll be going up against Miles Garrett, who if you haven't heard his name before now, you are living under a rock and one Deshaun Hall. Those are the two Aggie tight ends. They are a very formidable duo Uh, together, having generated 16 quarterback hurries, 15 tackles for loss and helping the Tamu Aggies to hold, uh, or to hold, which may be leading. If it's not, it's close to the top of the SEC. Three and a third sacks per game. Now, I would not expect the kind of rushing success that we enjoyed against Tennessee. John Chavis is their defensive coordinator and has been known to pull out like a good first couple of years. To, to make his seat pretty cool before it inevitably gets hot. Uh, but on the rushing side of the ball, they're allowing just under 160 yards per game. You got any any takes for us there?
0: Uh, everything that you said I agree with. Um, I think you're right about Hurts. Uh, you know, he cannot – I mean, I guess he can, but I, he cannot continue to rely solely on his legs. Right. He's going to have to at some point – be able to make the throws that matter. And it, it feels like he was earlier in the year, and maybe it was the competition, because uh, he was hitting Stardarius in stride pretty regularly, uh, and now he's, you know, we had that drive where we missed the field goal, but it should have been a touchdown, but yeah. for just uh, just a just a, a ridiculous little tipped pass that should have never been tipped, yeah. uh, you know, throw the ball away, do anything but what he did. Uh, so he's making freshman mistakes, and I think we had to have seen them coming. I mean, he is a true freshman. And that's going to happen. But at the same time, I don't think any of us expected us to be where we are in this exactly. in this season. And since we are here, uh, I don't have a whole lot of time for mistakes anymore because A&M is going to come to play. LSU is going to come to play. <coughs> and as I'm going to talk about a little later, Auburn is better than people think they are, especially on defense. Yes. So uh, if he's he's going to have to get his ass in gear if we're going to make an actual title run because, you know, this is a situation, if it continues, that could actually end up costing us a game that we should never uh, lose.
1: Yeah, I agree, and, and thus far, like you said, we haven't exactly needed it, and it seemed like the worse his arm has gotten, the better his legs are, have gotten. So he's yeah. sort of compensating there. I will say, as we've noted before, he has his Kevin Norwood, which is glorious. Yep. And he and Stardarius seem to be on the same page almost all the time. He he typically, I'll say, hits Stardarius exactly when and where Stardarius wants the ball. But then there are issues, as we saw Saturday, Calvin Ridley dropped just a wide open pass uh Mm -hmm. on sort of a big drive and we ended up recovering from it fine but it just seems that there's a, a lack of chemistry and rhythm between any other receiver and Jalen Hurts I agree yeah uh let's move on from that and talk about the other side of the ball what should we look for when the Aggies have the ball
0: uh frankly looking at the numbers this is a fantastic matchup for Alabama uh, the strength of our, of our offense plays directly into our defensive strengths. I really I was surprised when I until I started looking at it. I expected AM to be a passing team, uh, but they have found most of their success on the ground this year. They're checking in at second in rushing offense in the conference, right behind your tide. Meanwhile, they are only sixth in the conference in passing yards, even behind Tennessee. Uh, so, but from a personnel standpoint, you do want to keep your eye on two players. Trayvon Williams. Is their do everything running back, Uh, the guy who Saban said is probably the best we're going to face this year. Now, I don't know if that's just Saban bluster or if that's real. I mean, he's certainly a good back. I don't know that I would call him. You know, I wouldn't. I don't know that I would have called him better than any back we've faced this year or will face. Uh, And finally, there is the hated Trevor Knight. Uh, If the name sounds familiar, it should. Trevor Knight. Ran all over us in the 2013 Sugar Bowl. Uh, he can make the throws and he is mobile with the third most rushing yards of any quarterback in college football this year. Uh, he's not supposed to be that great of a passer, but take that with a grain of salt if you saw the Sugar Bowl. Uh, so he can throw the ball when he needs to. Uh, he can certainly move the ball with his feet. Um, so I, you know, I, I think we're going to have to be, you know, the the secondary had its issues Earlier in the year, uh, they had to come to Jesus and play the hell of a game against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question then becomes, can they maintain that momentum? Or are they going to deviate to the norm and sort of suck again? If they played like they did against A&M, Trevor Knight is going to get shut down and everything's going to be great. Uh, if they slack off to what, you know, what they were, uh, we could be in for a very long afternoon.
1: Yeah, and I feel like we need to just stop and sort of appreciate what we're dealing with because that defense, as we lamented uh, two weeks ago, in which we may or may not have called out Ronnie Harrison as a, quote, liability in the Uh past defense. Well, well, we never doubted him. No, not once. Uh, That defense apparently held a team meeting, which came after a game that Alabama won by 20-plus points against a, a good opponent uh and and said listen this isn't cutting it the guys on our d-line are playing their hearts out we've got to support them we've got to step it up and they came out uh against tennessee and really improved i've just got to say this is this is a uh a tangent here but i'm sort of falling in love with this team right now
0: i am too and i i wanted to mention this and i haven't even thought about it um and I think the A and M game will go a long way to determining what we are. Yeah, I mean because this team looks to be really unstoppable, and I don't know if it's the level of the opponent or not. I think A and M will play will will answer that question because it appears as though you cannot move. I mean, we have the best defense in college football. We have the best offense in college football. So, I mean, that's that never happens. No. And 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 there were
1: years recently where I thought, you know, Alabama's not a great team, but there are no good teams this year. And that's not the case this year. I think there are some decent teams, but I think this could be a really special team.
0: Yeah, I do too. I mean, like I said, uh, everything could fall apart. Uh, LSU is looming on the horizon with interim coach O, (sighs) and you know what what he does with that. But um, if they can continue to do what they've been doing so far in the year— this could end up being a really special year.
1: On that note, this year could fall into the Tide Annals of History, which brings me
0: to our favorite segment, <laughs> Heroes History. That's right. Well, as far as playing one another, there's not a whole lot to talk about. No. There's not even hardly a Wikipedia page, much of my chagrin. <laughs> but the numbers are these. We have played these weirdos eight times and we have won six of them the last time we lost the last time we lost (sighs) it was the manzel game an outcome so oh god it was an outcome so unexpected that one hero burst into a stranger's home and demanded to know why the inhabitants had stolen his sunglasses (laughs) but that is another story for another day (laughs)
1: there was that and i think there was also a home where i said did i sleep here last night
0: you did say that, yeah.
1: <laughs> that, anywho Any, let's let's get to the uh hero's history at hand. Uh the story that everyone does know is Coach Bryant's Junction Boys at Texas AM. It was sort of the thirty for thirty before there was thirty for thirty. If you don't know that story, just just turn off the podcast now and think about why you're even an Alabama man. Uh lesser known and, I, and you have done some research here and really impressed me, but I'm going to share it. Is time. the story of one John David Crow? If you hear that name, you may think, ah, wasn't he like a backup quarterback at Alabama in the early 2000s? False. John David Crow uh, was actually Coach Bryant's only Heisman winner. And apparently, at the time, Coach Bryant went on record saying that if Crow didn't get that award, they should stop giving it out which and uh,
0: and, and, and Brian gets what he wants, I got to tell
1: you he does and and he's not a man to make uh bold general statements, so pretty huge uh aforementioned crow then took an assistance job in Tuscaloosa and was instrumental in installing the wishbone offense in nineteen seventy one which became a staple of Tide football during that decade. uh He later had the wisdom to send John David jr to play ball at the university where he ran halfback in the aforementioned wishbone. So
0: there's the tie back to the present. Exactly. And that has been your Houndstooth Heroes history. It's beautiful. I know. We're the worst. All right. Here's something we're awful at also. The weekend at hand. It's time for the picks, including the hate of the week. Of the week. Of the week. Of the week. And really, honestly, we should just give up this part of the podcast. Oh, man. If you've been, I know, if you've been following our, following our <laughs> advice, you lack the wherewithal to listen anymore because you are living <laughs> in a ditch. I am sorry <laughs> about your cardboard bed covers at night. Exactly, but we have an hour to kill, and the gambler keeps chasing that dragon. So here we go. First up, UMass. UMass is getting twenty and a half points at South Carolina. Who you like? Who do you hate? <laughs> Who do I
1: hate, my partner? How does UMass <laughs> keep scheduling these SEC games? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Anyway. And, and I actually saw a conspiracy theory, and I'm sure okay. that it's true because I spotted it on the internet. uh Perfect. That should Moo You fire Dan Mullen, which seems pretty likely. Are you feeling like that's likely?
0: I don't know. I, I don't know. losses to know.
1: BYU and South Alabama are hard to overcome.
0: They are, but at point, I don't know what their expectations are. Yes. I think if they get to a bowl, they'll be okay. And, uh, and but who uh, would they hire? That's the thing. I don't know who the hell goes to move. Who would who would see that job and think it's a good one? Um, I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're going to pull one of the big names out of their hat. They're not getting Tom Herman, so I don't really know who goes to move. Uh, there aren't a whole lot of good names on the block that are available, so. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm Moo and I'm making i granted he's had a shit season, but if I'm making that choice, I'm waiting till there's somebody available that looks good and would fit with that program. And right now I just don't see anybody. Rhett Lashley, maybe? Ooh, Rhett
1: Lashley is a hot lead there because yeah. I was gonna drop on you some knowledge and and tie this back into my hate, uh that obviously Moo Yu employs uh, maybe not the only but but certainly the most public Scientologist as their coach right and, and one Dan Mullen we can't back that up, but it seems true uh and I have read on the internet, I think it was from at bourbon Ghost who the content is good, so obviously true that uh UMass's coach won mark Whipple Whipple Mr a, Whipple Mr. Whipple.
0: Oh my God! Okay, I know.
1: I know. Very fun name. Uh, he is in his ninth. No, you're not. Year old, you're not U- old
0: enough to remember the "Don't Squeeze the Charmin" commercials in the 1970s with Mr. Whipple. That's <laughs> hilarious that they bring in a Coach Whipple. <laughs> Don't squeeze the Charmin. Sounds yeah, okay, like anyway. a disturbing
1: yeah. slogan uh,
0: for yeah, exactly. our campaign it's here. It's a tangent. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Anywho, uh, he is in his ninth year at UMass and seems like, you know, they gave. They gave the Bulldogs a game. Maybe he's the guy. I don't know who it is. Uh, we have we have gone a ways off from the South Carolina. Yeah,
0: score year. more time than I ever expected us to spend on the South Carolina UMass game. Let's let's
1: bring it back to Charmin, which is certainly more relevant because I think let's see if I can work this out. That Coach Boom at uh, USCE will need to be wiping up a scare. I think UMass hangs in close. They seem not to be scared of SEC teams for whatever reason. I think 20-and-a-half. I just can't think of anybody that South Carolina would beat by 20-and-a-half.
0: Hating the Cox. All right. uh, I'm going to hate the UMass, whatever they are. I don't really have a particular reason why. Uh, Because Moo went up there and, and almost lost. But it's Moo. But I think it's in South Carolina, so... Who knows? Maybe maybe Boom that pulls 21 points out of his ass somehow. I don't know, and I honestly don't care. Speaking of another game, I don't care about... Uh, by the way, UMass is the Minutemen, one of the better the mascots minute.
1: in college football.
0: The Minutemen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright, good enough. That's what she said. Uh, next up, <laughs> speaking of Moo, they go to Kentucky, where they are somehow favored by three points. Who do you hate?
1: Again, just amazing that South Carolina can be favored by 20.5, and that Moo You can be favored by three. What a time to be alive! Uh, right. I thought I liked Kentucky. They they seem to play the tide closely. Uh, but that said, they have seemed to falter since Moo You has been on a bit of an uptick. They beat USC and then maybe one or two more teams. Um, maybe Mullen plays to keep his job here. I don't know. I'm having a hard time justifying this. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm having too hard of a time. I'm going to switch it up. Hate and moo. Screw them.
0: All right, fair. I Like I said, I liked what I saw out of Kentucky at Bryant-Denny. Uh, Mr. State is awful on the road this year. So, for no other reason, I'm going to hate moo you just because, well, for those reasons and because I just actually hate <laughs> right, right, obviously. And right.
1: let's be honest, Lexington, just a hostile environment when you're used to playing in Right, right. Ball. A good 40,000 people just Ooh. yelling. Ooh. Exactly. All right, who's next? Uh, next up, we have a meeting down in DeBayou in which both teams love to tell each other to go to hell, and I appreciate okay. that kind of rivalry. Uh, it is the Ole Miss Chad Kellys, who are five-and-a-half point dogs, at the, oh man, just remembered Mike the Tiger died, at the Tigerless Bayou Bengals.
0: Exactly. Before we get to this, I have a really important thing to share. Please. Have you, all right, have you heard of the latest um, Chad Kelly issue going on? Is this involving a porn star? Of course it is. Well, do now, share. All right, well, as you as you may or may not know, if you're not dialed into the Chad Kelly porn star. Slash web, adult at, entertainment. Right, adult. If you're not, if you're not into the movies, as we (laughs) call them, Um, Chad Kelly, uh, what is her name? What is the porn star's name? I read online somewhere that it's Mia Khalifa. All right, Mia Khalifa. Chad Kelly was all about him some Mia Khalifa there for a minute. Mia Khalifa has been taunting him after every game, particularly when they lose, about him trying to slide up in her direct messages on Twitter. And so she has been blasting him every chance she gets. Now, with that said, uh, a site that I'm sure none of our heroes have ever visited, Pornhub has gotten themselves in in the fray. And they are offering to sponsor a Chad Kelly, Mia Khalifa, Night on the Town with a limo and everything. Oh, wow. Uh,
1: Yeah, and and because I have kept just slightly up with this, so she fried him, I guess, after the FSU game. That's because she is an FSU fan. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, And I know this all because she actually had a huge profile published in the Washington Post, and I only view the most upstanding websites right, in my right, free time. Right. Uh, she, she grilled him and put all these DMs that he had slid into uh, out to the public after FSU beat Ole Miss, and then... Chad Kelly, give him credit for his resiliency, came back recently and and still tried to slide in and said, you know, why did you do that? Can we not just hang out and put this all behind us? And she did it
0: yet again. Man, it's cold. So cold. It's, that woman cold. It's almost is cold. like she gets paid to do it. Right, exactly. But the reason I put this into the uh, Hate of the Week section is this. I want there to be prop bets on what goes on in that limo. <laughs> Uh, If there are, I can promise you we will have a hate of the week. There will be a hate of the week. We may even have a Houndstooth Heroes prop board that you can bet on things. I don't know. Special edition. But anyway. (laughs) But I guess to the game at hand, here's the deal. Uh, Leonard Fournette is back. uh, And DeCocho is focused. So this, my friends, is my hate of the week. This is LSU uh, beating the hell out of Ole Miss. Uh, so your revs are my hate, hate, hate of the week, week, week. What about you, my friend? Nicely done.
1: Uh, what a weird sort of thing, because we, of course, were afraid of LSU at the beginning of the season for totally different reasons. Uh, about three right. games in, we could tell that was not the case. And as we have detailed since, they seem to be playing like a team with nothing to lose. I think on top of that, uh, all of Ole Miss's losses have become really apparent. You know, they had such a skilled wide receiver set, and they still do, but there's not quite that complete game-changer. Chad Kelly is fine, but if he can't, if nobody can run the ball and he can't have any time to find a receiver, uh, they're in trouble. The defense has had injuries, so I agree with you. Since you stole it as a hate of the week, I'll allow it, it but it, I like the Bayou Bengals to cover big here.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Just real quick, as a tangent, I agree with you totally. He's missing Lakeontre, well, guys like that like crazy. They just they have good receivers. They don't have they don't have game changers anymore.
1: And Mr. Gas Mask himself, Aaron Mctunsil, exactly. Moving on, we have a very enticing matchup down on the plains slash not really plains, uh, where the Burt Hogs, if you will, are ten point dogs. To the Gus Bus. Who you
0: hate? <clears throat> I wish I knew. I honestly have no idea. I'm gonna hate on the Hog just because the Barn is at home and coming off a buy. And like I said earlier in this podcast, they're better than people want them than people want them to be, and are willing to give them credit for. Uh, I would. This is not a team that you can take lightly. Uh, but honestly, this could be a close game. This could be a blowout. Uh, I believe anything could happen here, but. Uh, I Just playing just just the sheer odds of it all, I think Barn is good enough to beat Arkansas by 14. Yourself? Uh,
1: this is such a weird one, and I'm going to make it my, do this in a really depressed sort of echo if you can, hate of the week. Of oh, the week. Gosh, that was good. Uh, <laughs> I, I I, two days ago, I guess, felt so great about this line. I think maybe it was even smaller than it is now. I think it may have gotten larger. I just yeah. don't... If you if this matchup had been played a week ago or two weeks ago, I don't think there's any way Barn comes out of there alive. Arkansas was playing really well and, and Barn had not quite gotten it together. Uh, that said, I have learned in my old, old age that Ooh. Vegas knows what they're doing and boy, if this isn't a juicy worm that they've just hung out in front of the degenerates like myself and Gregory here. Uh, I, I think Arkansas is a better team, but they're playing at Auburn. Uh, they are just totally wrecked after having to play Alabama and Ole Miss in back-to-back weekends. That Ole Miss game was an intense uh, emotionally and physically outing for them. And I just think they... Oh, gosh. I think they falter... Dang it! But I'm still making it my hate of the week because 10 points is absurd for this game, uh, and unless Barnes' offense really comes out and shows something, which they could, and that's why I'm telling you
0: to stay away from it. Uh, I like the Hogs to pull it out. All right. Uh, and finally, the game of the week, the game of the week, the game of the week. Nice. Uh, your Crimson Tide is hosting the Texas A&M weirdo Aggies. Uh, and I will go ahead and get started and say, everybody with a brain thinks, well, it was seventeen. Everybody with a brain now thinks nineteen is too many. But I watched the Tennessee game, and Tennessee was vastly better with this a than this a And M team, even with the injuries that they had in that game. Um, they went in; the, Tennessee went in that game and turned the ball over seven times with their injuries at a And M, and still managed to take it to overtime. Uh, that does not speak well of AM in my opinion. Uh, nevertheless, I don't think it's going to be a blowout like last week, but I don't think 17 is enough. I don't think 19 is enough. So I'm going to hate on the weirdos, uh, and my score is 38-16. What about yourself?
1: 38-16. I went back and forth on this because I really like the line. Uh, I think yeah. Vegas has watched Alabama and adapted their ways, and and identified a pretty good uh, little measurement there of how much better we are than them. Uh, you mentioned Trevor Knight. Saban said in his conference, press conference, that he is not going to be watching the aforementioned 2013 Sugar Bowl, which I certainly don't blame him. Uh, I think, frankly, their weapons are just too few. They have Speedy Noyle, who is... Fine if you're Texas A&M, but he he wouldn't match up well with our... If he were a receiver at Alabama, he would not be much. Uh, I think their running game will just hit a brick wall over and over in the day. I'm not going. I thought about it multiple times. I'm not going to speculate whether our defense continues to score or special teams uh, because I haven't yet, and they still keep doing it. So I'm just going to hold off on that. But I think Lane... Continues to call just a smart game, and and the defense does what we need the defense to do. Surely they won't be as jacked up as they were for Tennessee, but I think uh, Tim Williams and crew still come out and wreck heads. All that to say, I am putting the spread up on Adam Griffith, and I think Griffith leaves us hanging here. I'm going to go tied 33-17, and they missed the spread by just one or two missed field goals. Brutal. I hate to be that
0: way. I know, I know. Oh, it's one quick thing. I, when I was thinking about what I was going to say, I didn't bring this up. Uh, we had some little a little smack, I guess, from a m this week. Um, somebody asked their, uh, I guess their offensive coordinator. I don't really know who their the names of their people. Uh, are you going to be able to run on Alabama? And he said yes. And the guys, the media member said, well. Tennessee said that, and they couldn't, and they said, well, that was Tennessee.
1: Tennessee, who took a m to overtime right. with seven fumbles. I Also, yeah. we didn't point out, but I would just like to note that in addition to the 39-point butt-whooping Tennessee received their two best wins on the year, which are ridiculous to call best wins, but they are what they are, uh, Georgia and Virginia Tech lost to Vanderbilt and Syracuse, respectively. Ouch! So Can we just get ouch. that last bit of hate in? That is an yeah. interesting quote, and yeah, I just don't I see just, it. Happening.
0: And it's a team. And look, if they had played well, I would say that. I get, you know, if they played well against Tennessee, I would get it. Tennessee put 600 yards on these fools. <laughs> so don't be sitting around talking about you're going to be able to do things when you have not even done them in the past. No. So suddenly you're going to roll in against the number one team in the country in their homes, on their home stadium, and you're just going to suddenly become a different team. Apparently, not happening. All righty, as I thought. That'll do it for another edition of Houndstooth Heroes, brought to you as always by Wild Bill's Wing Sauce and Druid City Brewing Company. Remember, you can check out the website by the same name, com, or find us on Facebook or on Twitter at H2Heroes. Take us home, my brother. That
1: is right. And you can also rate our podcast on the iTunes. Uh, if you thought this was just an embarrassment to America worse than any presidential election you've seen in your lifetime go on there give us five stars and that's the way to let us know also for any heroes who are going to be in t-town this weekend check out the heisman house sponsored by nissan and pimped here by our good pal listener david and uh and 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 hit us up in the dms if you want to hang out with me and listener fred which i can't imagine why you would anywho that's all we got y'all be good roll tide